are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Tom Jorgensen in the house. Man, where you been? <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing okay. I can't uh can't really complain. I'm 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 sad that that deer season is over. Although at the same time I'm excited about scouting season beginning and I'm hoping that's going to start for me this weekend. Well, start for me in the outdoors. I actually started scouting <laughs> Uh, cyber scouting like the day after season ended, but, uh, let's Good for see. you. Got, uh, got a brand new set of, uh, waders and wading boots. I pretty much made my, my Orvis pro guides or whatever they were called last for about 15 years. And they were, as I told Nick, it was, they were about to the point they were a, a scene instead of a, set of waders because they would filter water but they wouldn't keep hmm. it out so uh been tying a bunch of flies i'm looking forward to hitting some water and going to be doing that real soon in fact i may carry a fly rod with me when i go out scouting this weekend oh man good for you i uh just finished reading a book about fly fishing it, it did did kind of get the fires burning a little brighter it's got me thinking about it but uh you're definitely more productive than i am these days that's for sure well i've got a i've got this gorgeous three-weight blue halo that so far has only caught a well i shouldn't say a handful it's been about a half a day catching panfish which made me grin ear to ear but it has yet to see the trout water i think it's due sounds like it yeah so life been life been treating you good i don't guess we've i don't remember the last time we actually did talk it's been a while probably the last time we were on a podcast um yeah it's been it's been quite a while uh it's been good right uh did a little more hunting up here in michigan um don't think i got out after rifle season no i didn't get out in december uh, but i did get that doe early on and that's uh, a great eating deer uh just took i had one little one that one hunk of meat somewhere between a steak and a roast and I wasn't sure what to do with it so I thawed that out and Monday I hung that up in the biltong box so you might hear the little fan whirring in the background but uh, so yeah I got a batch of venison biltong on Uh, figured that'd be a good thing to keep me busy for a day and yeah little little projects lots of little projects yeah, I've got I got lots of little projects too. I've been working on a couple of different arrow combinations. I I hunted most of the season this year with uh, with recurve, and mm-hmm. as much fun as I had with it, um, I shot the first three D shoot of the season with it, and I'm actually going to the I'm going to the next month shoot. I haven't decided which bow yet, but I think I may actually start carrying two bows and and try to shoot two rounds each time uh i have Mm. i have committed that i'm going to try my best to finally take a whitetail this fall with my saint charles thunderbird it's way overdue Mm -hmm. it's much too pretty to have done anything but hang on the rack for a couple years and i'm pretty sure my java man american my asl bow from from Java Man, I I think I'm all I think I think that's the two bows 
that I'm gonna hunt with this fall. I haven't haven't decided yet. Um, and I'm trying to shoot my I'm trying to shoot my <coughs> my black widow. Uh, I'm trying to shoot it a little bit just in <laughs> just in case we uh, we do manage to make it to to Canada this year. Although that's looking kind of bleak. I'm thinking that's going to end up getting pushed to 2022. And we got to cut a break eventually. Yeah. Well, that's a couple classy bows if you're going to have uh, two to, to go to. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, that that other one, uh, <laughs> when the time is right. <laughs> yeah. You've had, uh, speaking of speaking of out-of-state hunts, you had some excitement that you that you uh, shared with me briefly. You want how did how did that all come about again? Uh, yeah, well, that's probably the, yeah, that's probably the single most exciting thing that's happened to me personally. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in December, well, you know, kind of late in the fall, um, a lot of organizations kind of do those raffles and banquets and giveaways and buy some tickets. And, um, I had, I'd done donations to three different organizations and you know, I do pretty much every year. I, you know, I try to support the, the folks doing good work. And um, much to my surprise, I won a really amazing hunt. Uh, so I won a, a hunt for bull elk in Montana. And I was floored, man. I was, I was speechless. That's about the, the coolest thing that I, I think I've, I, that's definitely the coolest thing I've ever won. So <laughs> by yeah, an X factor, I'm kind of envious. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Um, now there's, uh, not tags like from, from landowner or outfitter tags. So now the trick is, um, I most likely will not draw for this year. Uh, but odds would be pretty good for next year. So even though I've, you know, won the hunt, now I got to get the state of Montana to give me that tag. So um, when I realized that, it it went from, you know, loading up the rucksack and, uh, you know, putting out the exercise regiment to uh, planning points and, and draw odds and figuring it out from there. But um, still... Uh, super cool. You know, I guess somebody's, somebody's going to be the winner on those things. And, uh, I guess it was my lucky day. Well, I've, uh, I have to admit I've won some pretty cool stuff, but I also have to admit I've never won anything that cool. So, <laughs> but, uh, man, you'll have to keep me posted, especially on, you know, when you, when you actually draw and when you're going to get to go. Cause, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of want us to start thinking about and, and planning when we're going to head back out west. I'm gonna, I'll be honest. I'm gonna try my, I'm gonna try my best to actually do a lot more recon and be a lot more prepared before we go back out there the next time. But it, we, we need to set a, we need to at least put a, a tentative pin on the map mm-hmm. when we're gonna try to make that happen. Well, I didn't talk to you about it, but New Year's Day, I started looking at. Uh, our points and units and draw odds 
um, Go Hunt updated uh, a bunch of the the, the states uh, right around that time. So I was looking was looking for stuff uh, that might be good for us, and um, yeah, we're 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 about ready for an adventure. So uh, if we don't put in this year, definitely get your point, and we'll we'll be ready for it. Your point well, right? I'm, I'm, last time right. we should have drew more tags and had more options because it it hurt to watch everything walk. It it yeah yeah I won't I won't do that again. So uh, but yeah I'll, I'm I'll be honest Tom I I've pretty much already accepted that I'm just going to be buying points for this fall, but uh, mm-hmm. 2022 may be may be a bit different. So we may end up having a lot of adventures in 2022. So. We'll see how it goes. Between 2020 uh, and 2021, we're going to have a lot of pent-up points and hunts to do, so. Well, and if, you know, if things go well, right, if things things go well, um, you know, with with Lori over the next few months, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually planning on doing some stuff out of the state this fall anyway. It won't be a western trip, but definitely hoping I might be able to make it up to to hunt with you guys this fall and i may actually try sometime over the summer to to take a little trip to uh kentucky and do a little scouting and and maybe Mm -hmm. try to hunt a little bit there i haven't haven't decided yet i've got a couple of different options for there for for kentucky uh tennessee and and even louisiana but i'm gonna just kind of kind of see how things go but but anyway um we kind of talked a little bit about our, our topic for tonight. I guess we should probably start moving in that direction. And, you know, with, with deer seasons wrapping up in most of the, most of the state, the states, I know there's a few states that uh, actually carry on into February, but uh, most of them are wrapping up and, you know, people are starting to think about winter activities and even spring activities at this point. And a lot of folks are going to be thinking about camping and I know we tossed the idea of, you know, having a, an episode talking about various shelters and tents and those kind of things. So I thought it would be a, a good time for it. Plus, I'm, I'm starting to kind of pencil in a, a bit of a, a backcountry adventure, uh, probably a long weekend kind of thing um, in North Georgia for some, some trout fishing. But we'll get into that a little bit more uh, as we go through here. But, you know... I, I've, I've hunted in every, or hunted, I should say, I've, I've camped in everything from, you know, just your, your garden variety Coleman style tent to floorless shelters and, and even the, the canvas tents, but I haven't done it quite as much as you have. And I know you've, you've kind of moved the direction of you've, and you may have changed it since the last time we talked, but you're roughly settling on around two different shelters that you use for the most part, right? Yeah, I I could be tempted to add a third, but I'm pretty much splitting between two general shelters. Yeah. So let's 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 talk about one of those. Um, I'll let you pick which one you want to go f- with first. But you know, kind of you know what what type of shelter is it? What what's the material? What makes it you know what makes it unique? And maybe a little bit about the the situations that you would use that shelter over the other one and then we'll cover the other one and i'm sure i'm gonna have some questions to throw at you along the way all right well i'll, I'll let you pick you know we're gonna do the uh the high adventure or the comfortable stuff 
It's kind of our two camps here. Um, let's let's I tell you what, let's start with the high the 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 comfortable stuff first. I think I know where you're going with that. Okay. Um because some of the more right. the more, you know, lightweight backcountry type stuff that I think is what you're talking about will really play into more what I'm planning in in March or April. Sure. So most of the nights I spend out of doors, um, I'm close to a vehicle. Uh, you know, I, I don't have to carry it on my back. Uh, a lot of times, though, the, the weather can be pretty bad. So uh, in those conditions, I think a real good sturdy uh, canvas tent is impossible to beat. Uh, 2018, I was in bear camp and, uh, I was camped in a state park, uh, right on the edge of Lake Superior. Uh, I had my, uh, range teepee and I had it all staked out tight and taunt. And, uh, I'll talk more about that tent itself, but I basically got it ready to go, uh, for high winds. A big storm was expected. Um, the... White caps were going to crash up, and they expected half the campground to be submerged in the lake overnight. Luckily, I'd camped on the uh, the higher side of the campground, and you know our our winds were pretty steady, around 65 miles an hour. Uh, easy ups flew past my camp. Uh, campers were damaged. Uh, people in dome tents or little. You know, one-person tube tents ended up sleeping in their cars. There weren't very many of those people around. Um, I think there were like three or four of us total total camps with tents at all. Um, next day, people in the the big fifth wheels and stuff were talking about how hard it was swaying in the uh, in the night. Right, it was it was throwing campers around in that wind. Uh, I had to get up in the middle of the night and uh, help out the the campers next door. Um, they're Stakes were giving out um, on their tie downs and so forth. Uh, but, you know, at that point, about three o'clock in the morning, they woke me up. I mean, I felt a little a little patter of canvas flapping against my feet. I'd kind of shifted down my cot to where I was touching the wall. But that was it. Uh, got up and there's, you know, a couple inches of water blowing across the, the ground. Um, crazy wind. I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I was probably as comfortable or more comfortable than a lot of other people in this campground. And it's not, you know, not a complicated tent. So, and that, of course, is the canvas castle, right? So 10 by 10, uh, cowboy teepee. I first found these things and kind of fell in love with the idea of this simple structure because uh, some guy named Cowboy Kent Rollins posted this YouTube <laughs> video several years ago before I even knew the guy cooked right. talking about his cowboy teepee. And I sent you the video. I was like, I can't believe you're talking with Kent Rollins. That was why, why I bought that in the first place. Um, so, but yeah, I decided uh, a 12 by 12 would be perfect. Uh, and right when I was getting ready to order it, uh, locally... A used 10 by 10 uh, from Ellis Canvas popped up for sale 
and they call it a uh, range canvas tent. And the only difference between that and the classic cowboy teepee is there's an awning that comes off the front and it gives you just a little bit of coverage and it keeps the rain on and uh, off the zippers. So like you don't have to worry about the zippers freezing at night. Uh, it gives you two layers uh, of canvas and then a, a screen if you need it. Uh, mine has a stove jack and a back window. So venting is pretty good. 10 by 10 is just big enough. Uh, and uh, so it's 13 ounce duct and it has the extra heavy floor. So even though it's just a 10 by 10, uh, it's about 70 pounds. Uh, plus it has some steel poles that go on the outside. So one of the things I did, really didn't want in a, a teepee was the pole in the middle. Because for me on a 10 by 10, the only place I can stand up is dead center in the middle of the tent. So I wanted the, the two legs on the outside uh, or the ability to, to hoist a line over a branch uh, to set it up. Um, you know, it really maxes out at two people. So I've set it up with two cots pushed up against opposite walls. Uh, you can get all your gear under the cots. You can have some bows, but you're absolutely maxed out, uh, with that, with that tent at about there. So it's been a great tent. I think I've had it for about five years. Um, I could easily recommend one to any one person that needs a great shelter that's, you know, ready for harsh conditions uh, that needs to be able to be set up with one person. It's, it's kind of the upper end of what you can do with that in that style of tent. Um, but for my, my comfortable camp that I have today, that's been the one. Um, I was awful tempted by uh, wall tents. We've stayed in them. I've stayed in them a lot. In Scouts, uh, our troop had several of them. Um, but they're awful. I know they can be done by one person, but it's a it's a whole lot to deal with. And if you got to put it up, take it down, put it up, dry it out, take it down, store it, put it up. I mean, it's just it's a lot of lot of weight and a lot of time. Uh, where this thing can be up in 10 minutes, easy. So uh, that's why I went with the 10 by 10 range tent at the time. And it's absolutely served me very well. So you, you, maybe I'm reading this the wrong way, but a lot of what you are saying there sounds like you're, you're thinking about replacing it. Yeah. So COVID COVID struck us all a little crazy and, uh, I have decided I'm going to go a little bit different route. Um, I was thinking about getting a, camper during this time, right? And kind of like becoming a grown up. And I, I kind of decided that really isn't in my, in my path. So I do need more room. I want more room. The, that hunting trip where I had those 65 mile an hour winds. Right. That was the only time I needed this particular design. I've, I've hit high winds a few times. Uh, it's been covered up in snow plenty, but I was really thinking about it. I'm like, you know, if I had a little more space and a lot more venting, it would be a lot more comfortable most of the time I use it. So like you think about Compton Rendezvous, super hot. You're out in the wide open, a lot of sun. Um, 
you know, this, the rainstorm that hits every year. Uh, some some winds, but not terrible. And I'm like, you know what? If I had a 10 by 10 where the walls were more straight up and down, I could have a lot more room. It would be great for hunting. I could get more gear inside. I could stretch out a little bit. Uh, a couple years ago in Grayling, we had a lot of rain. So I rained in for a couple days. Um, a little more space. You know, a comfortable chair, just a little more comfort would be great. So, uh, you know, listen to too much Jason Zamkowiak, and the next thing you know, you're buying stuff <laughs> off his Amazon link. Um, so I was looking at a 10 by 14 Kodiak canvas, and I watched his video about his two, 10 by 10. Maybe it was a podcast. He was, he was talking about his 10 by 10. And the shape of the walls and the usable space, uh, I appreciate there's a little reduction in weight. And I thought, you know, okay, I know a lot of people that have this tent. I uh, called around, talked to some folks. And uh, so I went with the uh, 10 by 10 Flexbo and I did the, uh, the VX. So it has screen door and screen window on the front, on the back, and screen sides. So I'm like, okay, this thing will be, I, I don't ever use a wood stove in my range TP. So, you know, if I can make this thing a lot more comfortable for the summertime, I get a lot more use out of it. And it's still rated for 50 mile an hour winds, right? I mean, it, it would be a pretty catastrophic storm that would take out the flex bow that the range TP would survive through. So I'm still thinking it's going to be pretty good for most of my use. Um, but kind of like making it much better for some summertime, I did get the, uh, the vestibule. So I've got, uh, a shade that'll come off the front. Uh, of course the VX, all the, uh, mesh all the way around. And then a really cool thing I saw, um, was a company in Australia does like a, a canvas, uh, Bamimi cover that goes over the Flexbo itself. So it, it creates a pocket a couple inches high over the roof of the canvas tent itself. So a breeze can blow through it. It also prevents, you know, sun fading and gives you an extra layer of waterproofness and everything else. So, uh, when I ordered the, the tent, I ordered that too. So I, I figured between, uh, the vestibule shading the front door, and that uh, roof cover, uh, kind of casting some shade down on that canvas and giving a little air gap. Uh, I think I should be great for summertime. Uh, and it's the same weight. So more space, uh, better, better hot season use, should be almost equivalent, uh, harsh condition use. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I was wishing I had it about a month ago so I could really talk about it, maybe get a, a couple overnights in it. But, uh, with, uh, shipping being what it is, it's, it's still looking like 11 days, 11 days out. So full review to come. So it's your 11 days from getting it. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I just got the update okay. today. Gotcha. So have you sold, have you sold your, your TP yet? 
there's a young guy that I think needs to have some adventures with it. So I'm hoping that he wants it. If not, it'll okay. go for sale. But uh, I've kind of got somebody earmarked that I, I think it would be a real good tent for. Okay. Well, if if that uh, if that falls through, let me know. Um, oh, okay. Might might be I might be interested in it. Uh, but I, yeah. I but I get it. If, if you get somebody that. mine, what's that? I wouldn't have guessed that. Should I ask? Well. No, well, I didn't. Sorry, I, honestly, I, I didn't know you were. I didn't know you were getting rid of the other one. I mean, um, I, or I didn't know you were getting the other one. The uh, I kind of like that. I kind of like that cowboy TP. Um, and I don't have. So I don't really have um, what I would call a. So there's certain situations where I definitely think I would use uh, a canvas style tent over what I do have. And we can talk about that a little bit as we, as we go forward. But, uh, I don't, I'm kind of like you, I don't want a, I don't, I don't want a wall tent. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, there's very few, there's very few times that I can even think of that I've, I've done something, uh, where I needed room for more than two people. In most cases, all I need is room for one. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. in fact, Same. Th- the only time I can think of it to begin with was the year we did the, the hog hunt down at Oak Mulgee and had the three little tents set up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, other, other than that, I just, I don't, I just don't need a lot of room. So, but like I said, if you've got somebody, if you got somebody in mind earmarked and it's a, and it's a young person, then, Hey, all I'm, I'm all for that. But if, you know, if something changes, reach out and let me know before you, before you make it public. All right, we'll do. So, yeah, quite quite an awesome tent. There's a, a great backstory, but I don't I don't think we probably have time. Uh, we'll save that for another day. So, you're great you history. know you you've mentioned what would you say are some of the advantages of a of a canvas tent? Um, from a from a materials yeah, so perspective, heat of summer canvas breathes i open up that that flap and i don't get hit with a wall of heat um you know that that hot air that sucks the the wind out of you i i hate that about nylon tents um when it's raining you know it's you know once those it it kind of seals up and uh the walls get heavy and even when you have wind it doesn't keep you awake at night you know, just kind of like a soft patter instead of a, a, a distraction. Um, I, I, I don't think it's any warmer, but if like mentally, it just, if it, it feels substantial compared to a, like a little nylon tent or a dome tent or whatever. Um, you know, and it, it, it does breathe. You don't have that, that stickiness you get, um, with, you know, nylon. Um, I don't know. It's heavy. And I think that's the only downside. I think other than that, it's, it's just, it's, it's a more comfortable tent in every way. So I've stayed in that tent twice. We had it with us for our antelope trip and we, 
probably came really close to having to set it up out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> but we would have been there for six months too. <laughs> yeah, we'd have been there for a while. <laughs> but uh, the first time I stayed in that tent, it was fairly, it was fairly dry. Um, cool. I would say cool nights. It wasn't necessarily cold, but it was it was cool. And I thought the tent was very comfortable. Um, the only thing I would say from memory is I agree with you. You know, you put you put two full size cots in that in that TP, and it's it's a tight fit. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of oh yeah not a lot of room left to to to, to congregate and socialize. But it was very comfortable. The second time I stayed in that tent, it was a monsoon just about. And I, I remember, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like once that, once that canvas gets wet, it even sounds different inside the tent. It's like it, I don't know if it's swell, I don't know what it does, but maybe it's just the pores are covered in water and it, it you know, it, it doesn't have the, the uh, airiness of, it, of the same material when it's dry. But that last weekend that I hunted Michigan, it was wet. And, you know, I had all my gear in there. Nothing nothing got damp or felt damp. Um, and I'll be honest, again, the cheaper the cheaper tents that I've had in my life, I can't say that about them. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever funny. had a – I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just thinking. I was trying to remember which trip was which, which one had all the rain. And it wasn't until I remember, like, huddling underneath the kitchen setup which which campsite and which year we had all the rain because when we were in the 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 teepee it it really didn't register with me you're right it, that one year was wet oh it was hard but i really didn't associate it with the with the camp itself sorry i interrupted you no that's okay i was just going to say i i can't i can't say that about you know any of the uh I don't know, big box nylon tents that I've had. If it's a, you know, if it's a wet weekend, you might, you might stay dry, but trying to keep gear dry inside of it because you're going to end up getting, you know, water's going to end up seeping through the floor or something. You know, it, it just, anyway, I was, I was most impressed with that, with that tp and i it well it's not i've never set it up by myself i've I've helped you set it up and i mean with two people it goes up really quick it doesn't take long at all yeah like 10 minutes tops yeah it's pretty easy and you know one person once you get it you know kind of had to foot the the second pole when you're putting up the scissor pole it it's not that big of a deal so before we move on to the to the the other the other type Mm-hmm. And I know, and I know you set up the other type that we're going to talk about at Compton's one year, because um, I heard you cuss about it for at least twenty four hours. Still hearing it. <laughs> uh, basically, what I'm hearing you say is, if you can back your vehicle up to the camp area, there's no question you're throwing up the canvas. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, every time. Okay. All right. So the other option, which I've also I actually own one, and and we used yours uh, when we hunted mule deer. Uh, is the uh, 
the ultralight, I think for the most part, pretty much everything on the ultralight side, unless you're doing, you know, backpacking tents has, has gone to the, you know, the floorless style shelter. Um, so what They're would, more popular you know, these days. You know, they, they are more popular, and I think part of it's, you know, one thing that I've noticed in all aspects of, of hunting, and I, I will say this very carefully, is people are starting to look at a lot of things from a minimalistic perspective. And when I say minimalistic, I mean weight. Uh, it's amazing to me that some people, especially like, you know, the saddle hunting crowd, which I hunt with a saddle, but the saddle hunting crowd will they will try to shave off as much weight as possible and then they'll fill their bag, their pack with the biggest bunch of crap to carry the woods every time, <laughs> including damn ozone generators. And anyway, but you know, it's kind of a, it's just a, it's kind of a universal thing that everybody's looking to, you know, go, go light. And, you know, for our hunt in Wyoming, I will be, I'll be honest. At first I was a little bit, concerned about the whole floorless approach and granted we didn't have a ton of rain we did have you know one good washout that one day which nothing got wet no water came inside but you know with the, the little bit of planning that we did ahead of time with regards to you know how we were going to protect our sleeping pads from sharp thing you know those kind of things i'll be honest i it was really kind of cool and a part of it i i love the fact that you didn't have the um, the ground sweat from uh, a covering of a you know a typical nylon tent. There, there was just a lot of things about it I like. I'm sitting here rambling, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to you now and you know for uh, first I guess you know what what floorless or what lightweight shelter do you have, and then let's talk about is there anything about that one you'd change or are you already planning to replace it. Uh, so I got a seek outside eight man teepee and, um, for, I think it, it, it's class of shelter. I think it's really good. Uh, I went with the aluminum pole instead of the carbon fiber. Um, I just thought, you know, what are the chances of me fixing something made of aluminum in a pinch versus carbon fiber. So, uh, I picked up, I think a pound and a half on that option. Um, did get the stove jack, uh, got screened, uh, doors front and back. I went to the eight man. I wanted to have the guy out points. There were a couple feet up. I figured if, uh, end up in a super high wind situation, even though the, the conical design is, is very good. I thought having extra tie down points could only help. Uh, and you know, I, I took all those extra stakes, uh, to Wyoming and, and packed them in just in case. Um, and it's, I think in that class, it's a very good design. Um, definitely when we got that, that ice storm and sleet and rain that one day, uh, Held up just fine, right? As the the ice kind of piled up on it, it bowed the the walls in a little bit. Um, but I'm I was blown away. I didn't think it would do that good with that much weight on it. 
it it really impressed me so um, I think I think when I think for the situation we were in it was the perfect tent to have <laughs> I'm sitting here. Do you remember the the, <laughs> the two numbskulls sitting inside that shelter during that thunderstorm, hailstorm, <laughs> laughing like a couple of kids in there as the as the ice piles up around the tent? It was one of the coolest part of that whole trip. Yeah, and what was that? Was that September? August? Uh, what was, no, that uh, was August. Labor Day weekend. No, it was earlier than that, brother, because we actually, was uh, I, I was thinking, it was it Labor Day weekend? I thought it was earlier than that. I'll have to go I back and look. it was, because that's why all the, uh, all the four-wheelers were out. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, Maybe it was something else. But any, I, any which way, um, yeah, that was perfect, because it fit two guys, it fit all of our gear, uh, you know, at the point we were socked in, we were able to light up our alcohol stoves and not have to eat, you know, uh, cold granola again. Uh, so we got hot dinner in there. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, we, we, we did everything but, you know, shoot our bows and practice inside the thing and it only weighed seven pounds. So, um, you know, first camp was like seven miles. Second camp was... Uh, just a few hundred yards from a road, but, you know, still you're not going to want to pack a 70-pound canvas tent 200 yards, you know, over a hill. Uh, so it was perfect. Just threw it in the pack and off we go. Um, so, yeah, I and, oh, I think, I think a year after that, I was kind of toying with the idea of, getting rid of it and going to a, um, I was looking at a Kuyu uh, two-person Mountain Star tent. It was like two pounds, 14 ounces or something. And it, I remember just really thinking back and like, you know what? It would have sucked a lot more to be stuck in sleet and rain in two of those little things that add up to almost the same weight versus having that eight man teepee to be in. And so, you know, in the past I had, uh, North face and mountain hardware and a few other, uh, backpacking tents. And I might get one more just for solo backpacking. Uh, I've got my eye on one. I've, I've checked it out a few times, but, yeah, that that seek outside TP is just too good. Can't can't let it go. So, a couple of thoughts I'll tack on there. Um, you mentioned the, the first camp, and I want to I want to set a little bit of a a little bit of a stage here for for what we're talking about. That uh, we drove through the night. I think we slept for two hours at a rest area, but drove through the night, grabbed breakfast in Sheridan, drove up to where we had planned to park at the trailhead, and we hiked in over four miles, full, fully loaded with gear. I think we had weighted out around just over 150 pounds total, so 75 pounds of gear apiece. 
and we set that tent up exhausted in very short or that that shelter up i should say pretty much exhausted in, in pretty short order um which was to me was very impressive now everyone has to understand that this is tom we're talking about so he pretty much had a a detailed plan as far as you know what to do once we once we got all the the pieces out and and got that thing set up pretty quick uh and if i remember correctly tom after we had to pack that thing back out we set it up the second time i think we pretty much did it just out of on remote control i mean i don't remember us even having to discuss it it was so easy to to stand that thing up and like I said, I don't I, I did not see a single downside or negative to that floorless shelter for what we were using it for than anything else. Now the I'll be honest, even in that situation, Tom, I don't know that I don't know that I would have wanted the canvas tent even though that second time we set up was we could have we could have easily carried that tent in there and set it up. That that yeah, TV was really worked have, great, but the TV was great. Yeah, I'd rather have the TV. In that case, it's dry. You know, cool temperatures. Um, yeah, I mean, it absolutely great. Um, where that starts to have a problem is when you it gets hot and humid. So, and the reason that thing I think went up so quick on the, the first time we put it up together mm-hmm. is because I'd put, in the, put it up and taken it down a bunch of times uh, at that point. I kind of was using you as my helper, right? You know, stake this here. And then I was kind of doing the measuring and there's a little bit to learn about how you stake it so that when you pop it up, it, it goes up, right? Uh, and so I'd used it all summer long and it was miserable. So I go out to a piece of grass in the morning, you know, a, a, a park, I stake it out, put the pole in it. There's dew on the grass. The sun hits it. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was 120 degrees inside that one of the days I opened it up. You know, it was close to 100. I was wearing my eyeglasses. And when I unzipped the front door, it fogged them up. I mean, it was just, it was, it was terrible. It was, it was sucking like that every moisture day. out of the ground. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I tried to go to sleep at night and it would still be dripping on my face. Um, you know, so without any rain, it's, you know, raining inside the, inside the teepee. Um, so I definitely think there's places it doesn't make sense. Which, which, that's why I'm so excited about the uh, uh, Kodiak canvas. Like, okay, it's got that great floor. It's, you know, well vented. Uh, the parts that aren't vent are, are canvas and breathable. Um, should be way better for that use. But uh, definitely up in the mountains, man, that that teepee uh, is really hard to beat. So I have that, I have the same teepee, but smaller. I've got the... Uh... I think I've Cimarron? got the six man or six maybe it is the okay. Cimarron. Well, I think, you know what? I can't, I'd have to go back and look now. It's the same basic design, but it is smaller. 
and I think I do have the carbon poles, but I will be perfectly honest with you. I'm ashamed to admit the fact that I've never set the thing up, not even in the backyard. Uh, just, I, I haven't had the, I haven't had the need for it, which brings us to a little bit of my, my part of the discussion. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of bounce some things off you and, and get your thoughts on this, but so I said I had the itch to go fly fishing, right? Um, so one of the areas in Georgia that I've wanted to go, go trout fishing for years and years and years and just, you know, I'll get around to it one of these days. I'll get around to it one of these days. I want to fish, um, the Conasauga river and maybe Jack's river in the Cutter wilderness. And okay. from what I understand, you know, it's, uh, I think what, what I'll end up doing and, and my buddy Gene Bramlett up here, uh, at least Gene, it may be end up being somebody else goes, but he's already, he's already signed on that. He's going to, he's going to join me for this. Thanks Gene. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do as far as a shelter. I don't know exactly yet what the hike in is going to be, but I'm kind of thinking it's going to be a, a long weekend, head up there Friday, you know, get up there middle of the day, maybe late in, late morning and, and go ahead and get our, our hike in, get our, our camp set up and pretty much spend the full day Saturday fishing, uh, camp that night and then pack up Sunday morning and head out. That's kind of what I'm thinking it's going to be. And I'm really trying to decide if I want to try this Cimarron out and hike this thing in, or if I just want to do a, an ultralight, go really ultralight and just do a, a tarp and set it up as a diamond fly or um, could even set it up in a, you know, with a back wall configuration and, and, obviously it'll you know gene would have to do something else which he's already said he's he's got you know tents if i wanted to do that but something's just really intriguing me about going extending the floorless thing to go even lighter and just go with a uh i think i've got a eight by ten and i've even been looking at the seek outside dst and i may actually even pick up one of those have you ever done anything like that what's your thoughts on on either of those plans yeah, so um, did a bit of kind of a canoe touring and some hiking uh, for a few years. You definitely consider it backcountry. Um, there's a lot to be said for a, a tent with a floor sewn into it if you have creepy crawlies around. Um, So I don't know if it's going to be early enough. You won't have a problem with that. Um, love my mountain hardware. Uh, have a friend that has a tarp tent notch. Uh, I borrowed that and slept in it once. So for me, you know, six foot four, finding small ultralight one person tents that work or even two people tents is really hard. Uh, but that's one that I'd put on a short list if you're considering getting something. You should at least Google it and check it out. They're they're really cool. Um, and which one is the other that, one that Dan? when I it's called a uh, tarp tent is the company. 
And the particular one that I've had experience with is called a notch. And basically on the inside, it's just a, a bathtub floor and a insect mesh. And then right over it is the rain uh, tarp, right? The nylon itself. Right. And it's symmetrical. So it's kind of like a hexagon. It's a little bit off, but um, it has a vestibule on both sides. So like you can use one for entry exit and one for your backpack and fly rod and, you know, waders and whatever. So uh, pretty ingenious little, little tent. Uh, not a really expensive, super lightweight, uh, insect proof, um, just kind of cool. So, um, it does require like hiking poles or, or little, uh, poles or something like that. Um, when I was thinking of getting rid of the seek outside teepee, I was looking at that mountain star two person. The other one that made the short list was one that's really popular with, uh, through hikers and it's a big Agnes fly Creek. So it's rated as a two person, um, you know, basic, basically the same price point, basically the same weight. Um, so it's a little bit wider, um, has kind of a weird pole system, but then there's some benefit to that too. You don't have to find the right length sticks or have adjustable trekking poles with you. Um, so if you're thinking about adding a tent, like I said, I could be swayed to add one more tent and that would be the Tom Solo have to carry to my back. I don't need to carry seven pounds cause I don't need enough room for two or three people. Um, those would be the ones I'd, I'd be considering. In your case for this trip, the other thing I'd wonder is hammock, hammock tarp. So I did. I definitely thought about that too. Uh, you kind of stole my stole my next thunder. Uh, no. well, so yeah, that is. At least the, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you our time. So yeah, that is you know that is kind of the the other the other option I was going to bring up because. Uh, you know, I could, I've got, I've got a couple of uh, hammocks. So, you know, I'm thinking about doing this either, you know, late March, early April is kind of the time frame I'm thinking about. So as far as their, you know, okay. the, the creepy Carly's an insect, it's just going to depend, right? Cause here it could either be highs in the forties or it could be near 80. I mean, you just never, you never know that time of mm -hmm. year. So, but you know, if, if, if Gene had his own solution and we haven't, Gene and I haven't talked about this in any great deal. We traded a couple of texts about it, but you know, the, the hammock sleeping bag and using my eight by 10 tarp as a, uh, a, a cover is definitely, definitely an option that I've thought about and considered. I've never, the only thing is I've never spent that much time in the hammock. You know, I've, I've, I've put it up plenty of times, but usually what I, what I'm using it for is if I'm, if I'm somewhere that I'm, I'm hunting for the day, a lot of times I'll carry the, I'll carry the hammock and I'll just throw it up between, and I'll, you know, I'll take a two to four hour siesta during the middle of the day. Uh, I've done that quite a few times, but I've, I've never spent, I've never spent a night in it. Right. So, oh, okay. 
that's the only part that yeah you know, that's i think i would have to give it a i think i'd have to set it up in the backyard and really you know maybe i don't know if i'd spend the whole night in it or not but I, i'd have to set it up somewhere and really spend a few more than a couple of hours in it to see if it's something that i think i could sleep all night in yeah i mean as long as you turn a little bit sideways i can't imagine be a problem but you know the only way you're going to iron out the kinks in that system would be to to do it you know there's good little uh youtube videos and stuff on the the basic tips for um all night comfort in a hammock and i'd say try it yeah and i've and i've definitely got? watched, worst, worst, watched a few of those. worst case you, you have an uncomfortable night and you're a little bit cramped up when you're walking the next morning right right and you can't, I mean, honestly, you wouldn't be able to get much lighter than that, right? Because, I mean, I'm already going to be carrying the, nope. the sleeping bag and I uh, wouldn't have to carry a, 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 a pad or, you know, uh, a sleeping pad or a, a, a bed roll, anything like that. So I don't know. It's it's definitely a thought. And for all I know, Gene's got a, Gene's got a hammock and he's, you know, he's used it for that before. I just, like I said, I never have. But man... You come out of a you come out of a tree stand after about five or six hours and get you you know have your little something to eat at your truck and spend five minutes throwing that that hammock up. You can take a heck of a good nap in that thing. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely throwing my extra hammock in the in the car after this. This that's a good idea. Hey, one thing if it's uh, if it's a little bit cold and. Um, you're worried about losing too much body heat through the bottom of that hammock. Remember that stuff we made our solo stove reflectors out of? Yes, sir. If you don't have anything better than that, uh, grab a roll of that and just basically cut it out to your body length on kind of a, a shape of the hammock and um, roll it up tight and, and strap that to the outside of your pack. And just lay that little bit of reflectix down in the, the bottom of your hammock, and that'll get you a, a completely windproof layer underneath you. So I was thinking... Or something like it. Well, yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. I was thinking something else. So I'd kind of already thought about that, and I was... And, you know, tell me what you think, but I was thinking about using the same Tyvek that we used to go under our um, mattress pads when we were in Wyoming. Yeah, definitely be a wind barrier. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I know Google it. Add any Somebody's tried it. But yeah, I'm sure. So I'll have to look into that. But that's just what I had kind of thought about using. Definitely but I had, I hadn't thought about the uh, the stuff that you used to to put around those solo stoves. So yeah, I got a couple options. There. Yeah, I heard of somebody that does quite a bit of hammock uh, camping, and they told me that that's what they used. And it kind of surprised me. I hadn't thought about it that way. I thought it would have been kind of too big, but it's so light it wouldn't matter. So, Very interesting. Something to think about. But yeah, definitely check out that uh, that Big Agnes Fly Creek. Put in like Appalachian Trail, Big Agnes Fly Creek. Um, there's people that have a lot of nights in that tent. And ones like it, right? I mean, there's plenty out there. I just like the simplicity of that design. Yeah, and I'll I'll definitely look at them, but I'll be honest. I'm before I go and and buy another tent. Um, 
I'd probably do something with with this uh, Cimarron and you know figure out figure out a way to to you know have a a ground a ground barrier um, just because I, I I'm not looking to spend I mean I don't know what these are but I'm imagining they're somewhere right. between three to five and um, yeah I think they're I think they're both around three hundred ish yeah so. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not looking to spend that right now. And yeah. like I said, I haven't even I haven't even talked to Gene. He may have a he may have an option that works better than any of them. But uh, right now, I think I really like the idea of the hammock thing. If I can figure out a system, just because it's you know, but time I time I pack my my uh, Kifaru frame, you know, I've got I'm gonna have I'm gonna put my waders in a dry sack. I'm gonna take my my wading boots and carabine those to the molly behind the, you know, in the back of the frame and just let that grab it that's underneath my pack kind of hold and support those. And then I'd have my sleeping bag, my hammock, and that little 8 by 10 tarp that's smaller than a football. That's about mm-hmm. it, other than, you know, a couple changes, a change of clothes in case I dunked myself or something. And, uh, Fly rod and reel. Yep. So, food, food, water, fly rod. What's that? Food, water, and fly rod. Oh, yeah. You're ready for anything. Yep. So, skip the food, catch a yeah. trout. I was trying to think if there was anything else that, uh, you're not, you're not proposing that I keep a trout and eat it, are you? The horror <laughs> time. Hit, hit it in the head <laughs> with a rock first. Just, just don't lip it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's been uh, the world's gone God, mad. We, could, we know it. Uh, there was, and I, I honestly can't even remember the guy's name, but somebody posted a picture on one of the fly the fly fishing forums or fly, fly fishing groups on Facebook last week of some. He's ninety. He's like a 93 year old legend in fly fishing world. And he's standing there with a stock trout and he's lipping the thing. And you the thought he <laughs> cursed the Pope's mother. I mean, Oh my God, it was bad. So right. anyway, yeah, don't you hit it in the head with a rock, but don't lip that trout. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll save that conversation for off the air. <laughs> So, well, anyway, uh, I'll be honest, Tom, I, I can't think of anything else. You, let me just ask you this question other than, so actually, I guess you've already answered it. Uh, so I guess, and if you thought there was any chance, well, let me ask you this. You set that thing up in Michigan and there was all kinds of creepy crawly things crawling around and you set mm-hmm. up that that florida shelter did it you didn't did you have any issues there or was it was it too damn hot for the bugs to crawl in the tent no i mean i i I did have some bugs crawl over me in the night and in the morning and you know i did get woken up with one on my face um i don't know i just don't worry much about that stuff but it no there were definitely bugs inside um i tried to keep the light out all the time uh, after dark because uh, it would definitely cause a swarm. I don't know where they came from, but I, I turned on my little Lucy inflatable LED lantern and uh, 
check my blood sugar, do a couple quick things before bed, and look up, and there's just a swarm of little little flies swarming around in there. And I'm like, oh, man, I totally screwed that up. So, yeah, it no snakes or anything interesting, but, yeah, there was bugs all over in there. Well, and the bad part here is I think we have, we definitely would have things earlier like yellow jackets and and wasps and even heck we can have uh, Robert Carter posted something the other day uh, on Facebook and he said only in Georgia he had frost when he left his house to go pig hunting and then he was fighting mosquitoes in the afternoon so yeah Georgia's different Mm -hmm. well buddy this has been a fun chat yeah good to kind of catch up and chat about some of that we haven't really talked about dedicated just kind of in passing here and there and uh yeah look forward to hearing about that fishing trip when it comes together gotta let us know how it goes well i've I've got a i've got a lot of research to do i've 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 watched a few uh videos from people that was you know just just hiking backpacking not not necessarily hiking into to fish so i'm really wanting to focus more right now on the you know the planning for the the necessaries and and then i'll then i'll turn my attention to actually planning for the the fishing part of the adventure which by the way i left you a uh i left you a a link on the on discord that you need to go look at brought back some real fond memories it's uh it's a guy that's doing a uh i think he did a four-day hike in the cloud peak wilderness can't wait and just brought back a a lot of memories because you know we were we spent a couple of days just skirting the edges of that uh of that wilderness area when we were when we were hunting yeah. mule deer but check it out you'll like the video it's some very very cool I was just thinking about cloud peak and that uh that spike elk today let's got to get back there and i got a i got a much better view of that spike elk <laughs> <laughs> i know i think i got within like 15 yards of that joker I could have definitely put an arrow through him if I just had a tag. All right. Well, we'll, oh, well, we'll work on that plan. Yeah, we will. We will. Well, Tom, I do appreciate it. Uh, I thank you for, for coming on here. This is a topic we've we've bounced around. and we got to figure out another thing, to another subject for you and I to talk about and do this more often. It seems like it's the only way we actually sit down and talk for an hour. So. Yeah, well, we'll uh, brainstorm we'll to, something we'll up. Let's, let's do it before too long. Couple weeks. Yeah. absolutely absolutely all right for everyone listening thank you so much for tuning in if you're uh, not already following the podcast please take a a moment to subscribe subscribe there and also please keep in mind that uh, the the YouTube channel is is getting much more active I am committed to trying to put out a video at least every week if at all possible and I'm actually working on a a couple of couple of potential ideas for doing some giveaways that will be limited just to subscribers of the traditional outdoors YouTube channel. So if you haven't already done so, be sure to head over and subscribe to that and look for that coming sometime in the next few months. Like I said, still working on it, but go ahead and get subscribed now and then you'll know when we drop a video uh, to announce whatever it is we manage to offer for a giveaway. Until next time, thanks everyone. Take care all.